Welcome to Oh Brother, a podcast of three brothers trying to figure it all out. With your hosts, Brandon, Colin, and Aaron. On this week's show, you can see the thread. At precisely 8.30.45, we are on, we're recording. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> It's all good. And ahoy. Ahoy and a half. <laughs> Indeed. So, yes. Uh, sending dog home. Get a new dog. Bin. Have sunburn. It's all one of those things. Aha. Yeah. That's the real reason, Aaron. He was trying to put on aloe. That's what. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that's feeling pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, good. No, uh, it's been been quite a lot going on uh, since we last spoke. Uh, one of the things that we are working on is we are doing our annual evaluation of the softwares and stuff that we use in our business. And so, basically, we we tell all of our staff of like, here, here are the apps, here are our our SOPs. Um, nothing is so precious that I will force you to use something if it's actually bad. And so, uh, to, as part of that, we regularly look at what insurance company we're using, what technologies we're using, what apps, um, all those things, and make sure that they still are working for us. And we haven't kind of slumped into this malaise of whatever. And so, I feel attacked. What? <laughs> oh, no. No. no, no, I'm not attacking anybody. Uh, exactly no. how I operate. I'm like, hey, it works good enough. Well, I'm not changing it. Whatever. <laughs> well, because I know, like, it's like, okay, you look at a, you look at some software. Let's just go with the software because that's been the, the biggest pain point. Is you look at that and you go, okay, well, I've done all of my due diligence, due diligence, um, in 2019. Perfect. Well, it's been a few years, and I know... Yeah, true. Right? So software develops at a rapid rate, and if you haven't looked at things, you don't know where everybody else stands. And so you kind of have to resurvey the field. And so this past week, Megan and I have been doing demos with, when I say all of the pet sitting dog walking software companies i'm i'm just gonna say all of them and it is how how many are we talking about here exactly oh oh man uh eight that is a bigger number than i was expecting see here let me uh and i think there may be one that we haven't left out here let me i'm not going to mention any name but we've done one of these is yeah pay us no, one, of, one of these is specifically over in the UK. We did not use them. Uh, I mean, that's that's probably fair, right? Yeah, yo, yeah, no, set, yeah, eight, yeah. Um, we've done that. So, um, wow, yeah. So that was fun. Um, and one of, I mean, the major issue is you sit down, and we actually do have a workflow. We have, we have. Things that we like, we that we appreciate. Um, we obviously have reasons to be looking for other ones, and they sit, they sit you down. And when you schedule the demo, it's not. Um, hey, tell me. I I will say this. 
there have been two companies, and this is what more companies need to do. They, before they go into their spiel, they need to ask, how do you book? How do you message clients? How do you do XYZ? Because it's a complete waste of time for them to be like, well, here is your dashboard. And I go, so can I use this on a phone or is it desktop only? And they go, oh, it's desktop only. And I go, well, anyway, thanks. Bye. It's and hang up, It's very um it's very interesting how that works. And then we try and hear them out because we go, okay, well, we we like Megan does every she only uses her desktop like a few hours a month, like her laptop. She does everything else on her phone, everything else on her phone. So to now ask her to go, okay, I want you to not do that, and you are only able to do this. Yeah, she's gonna go, yeah, no. That's not happening. <laughs> so like we're talking like they have to overcome some major pain points and do things that we didn't even know we needed uh to make our life <laughs> to make that worth it. Um so it's very interesting. And I will say that the, the status of the pet sitting softwares out there is such that they were developed in like the mid to late 2000s and have kind of not really innovated a whole lot since then. Um, like they, the majority of them all still send updates to clients through like email. And I'm like, who uses email anymore? Like that's what? And they're like, well, yeah, your, 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 your staff member will write the update in their app. And then it sends an email to the client. And I go, okay, so what happens if the client has a question? They go, oh, well, they'd have to call you. And I'm like, no, this isn't That's going to work. not useful. <laughs> like, like, but my, my staff is like in the home. And like just tonight, the client, a staff member walked in, had some poop on the carpet and texted the client and said, hey, where's the cleaning product? And they could text right back and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, yeah, we need two-way communication. Great. That's a feature we actually need and like. And the, I've, most of them are like, no, we don't re, we don't either allow or it's not we're, our software is not able to allow two two-way communication between staff and client. How old is your software that you're not a, do you know how many ridiculous websites there are out there that like that annoying little thing that like pops up in the bottom corner and there's like a dude on the other end like, yo, got any questions for me? Like, no, stop it. <laughs> I clicked this on accident. I'm sorry. I know. Back I away know. quickly. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, and I understand it because it, it's hard because, um, especially when we want to do like text-based communication, uh, with like text messaging, because now that they have to partner with a carrier run their own sync servers for messages. And there's a lot of in-between stuff, but it's like that was 20. You started this business 20 years ago and you're still like, we are, we're all electronic communication. And you're like, that is, that should have been my key word. That, that should have been red flag that you were still using electronic communication as a simple yes, feature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I feel bad. We, but we that's have, how the business world the business world hasn't moved past email. Oh. Right? Yeah. Like email was invented 
and they were like, this is perfect. And then they just, that's no, right. They have. I'm, I'm saying you this from an education standpoint where like, it's the only way that's it. There is nothing else. Only email. And nothing. <laughs> and I just can't imagine like at the personal level, like any of that. Like I just, it just blow, blows my mind. And so I feel bad because a few of the demos have actually been with like the, the founder of the, the software. Um, these aren't huge, huge companies. Like, don't don't get that. They're not like Microsoft level. It's not, like, all... it's not like Bill Gates just hanging out. Like, yo, yo, no, what's up? <laughs> exactly, Bill. Yeah, none of, none of that. But you know, the, the guy who's like, yeah, in two thousand five, I had this idea for the software, and now this is what I do. Um, and we're like, okay, okay. Like, it's much easier for me to ask my pointed questions to the person who didn't design it, and it's not their baby, and everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Like, oh. not going to, like, just stab your feelings out everywhere. Being like, <laughs> bro, why can't I text somebody? I oh, oh, here's, okay, here's the, here's the what other What do you thing. mean? Here what is, do you mean pet owners would want to communicate back with you? Like, yeah, I know. No, seriously, yo. some of them are like, <laughs> so, some serious, one of them said, oh, you let your client, you let your staff communicate directly with your client? And I was like, like, yeah, yeah. It's kind of our thing. <laughs> and be, this, this is be, because this is the, this is how pet sitting softwares were developed. There okay. was, they, See they have, all of our episodes where we moan about service industry. Come on. Come on. Yeah. This is what. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's how they were all developed. And it, again, it makes sense for the time. Let's go back 20 years. What were the constraints? What was going on? Like bandwidth was really limited. Internet access was like, they almost non-existent. Yeah. And so email was basically what it was. So they basically envisioned themselves as an administrator sitting down at their desk, sending out updates via email. Okay. So then they went the next wow. step and they went, Oh, it hurts me that 20 years ago it was 2002. Just think about that real quick. So what we'll do that's is, is as mobile technologies got better, blackberries and cameras. Yeah. 2002. Let's, Listeners, just so we're clear, 2002 is the BlackBerry era. Yeah. Right? We are firmly ensconced in BlackBerry land. Big, ugly, we're still with big, ugly IBM desktop computers, right? I'm, I'm, I'm imagining my high school business class right now, right? I'm thinking about keyboarding, those horrible desks, the squeaky chairs, but like those big, huge, like IBM crt monitors <laughs> like yeah right so so that's how that so imagine that setup then as mobile technologies got better they started to put very light versions and we're still in the floppy disk era <laughs> yeah, okay um, like 2002 phones. is still floppy disk the small one right what is that the two three inch whatever three three and a half floppy yeah, disk and yeah okay so then you get into like the 2010s and mobile technologies are pretty good. So, but they still have it centralized as to like the admin has like the big beefy software that runs on their desktop and they do all of the scheduling and all of the blah, 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 blah. The, the people who are out in the field just have a little sheet. It's like a little card with little check marks and they can maybe attach a photo. 
and they send that off. And that is the quote unquote client update. Yeah, because 2010, we're on like iPhones are not that old. No. Right? Applic- mobile applications have like just become a thing. Right? Like not yeah. too long ago. Yeah. A lot like of right around this time when we are developing mobile applications. Like apps did not exist on phones before this. Yes. So you couldn't you couldn't ha- and you could but you could still if you had a phone you could email. Yeah. And so so what <laughs> so what's going on here? They've got um and the processing power is really limited and bandwidth is really bad and so they they constrained what can happen, right? So client or staff sends one update to client. If a client has questions, they contact the booking uh, administrator. Um and then the administrator gets in touch with the staff member. That's that's the cycle that they were stuck in. All right, you have to call the secretary. Yes. Right. Oh, yeah. They were stuck through 2010. And now they brought those into the teens. And we're here, sitting here in 2020. And most of these, I, I'm not kidding. I talked to every one of them that are like the major players everyone recommends. Every single one of them said this phrase to me. Well, we're completely redoing our back end and updating a lot of updates this year to give some new features. Blah, 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 blah. <coughs> they're <Like> all, what? <laughs> basically, they're having to reach back into the, the corridors of time and rip out the gut that have been on their company for 15 years and modernize all of the back end to allow some of these features. And so I'm did left... You, did going, you ask follow questions? Like what? What is your? Oh no! Oh no! No! Yeah, <clears throat> like um, like texting. Like that's a feature that a lot of them. They're like, well, yeah, we've been hearing a lot of people are interested in in texting, so that's something we're going to be adding two way communication. Where have you been? <laughs> this here's the other thing that that because it's business, right? What's how do I bill with a business? Oh, that's right. I send invoices. Ooh, let me tell you all of the ways, the multitude of ways that we can invoice your client. I'll we'll make invoicing easy, and then when we say. Oh, we don't invoice our client. They go, I'm sorry, what? I go, no, I show up to the client's house. I press a button and I charge their card. <laughs> I don't, I don't work for free. Um, and I don't want to chase down people for money. So, and they go, oh, well, we don't, we can't, you can't charge their client multiple times a day. You have to invoice. And I'm like, Oh. Now, now, and here, and some of them have like they've really wrung out the invoicing as much as possible. So one of them was actually kind of cool. Was it it tracked how many visits you had for that day, and it would automatically at midnight automatically collect all the what was due for that day, send an email <laughs> to your to your uh, client. It, it was all auto invoicing. So what was ever on the schedule, it would pull those numbers and send it as an invoice. And if they had auto pay turned on, it would automatically pay that bill and they wouldn't even have to do that. And I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of cool if you have auto pay turned on. I mean, but- yeah, if you don't <laughs> click the box, then you still have to check. I still have to go in every day and go, did you send the thing? So they have all these systems around like auto invoicing and auto collecting and all this auto stuff. I mean, yeah, like, bro, I, you could just like PayPal me. And boom, done. Got it. Nailed. Done easy like what <laughs> i know i know it just and so um we you know that we can't we can't have that uh the, here's the other thing um we we have developed uh 
a concept of um from the medical field of charting each visit right so i i keep i i had operated when we were solo i would keep an a, a running um update for my own personal notes about how the visit was going if anything changed if i needed to look into any issues for each visit and it was just this living breathing document that um, we had that I had access to at all times. I I can't tell you. Um, well, I can tell you. There's exactly one software that has that capability that can. And here's the key feature because we have multiple staff working on every one of these. Um, yeah. That can be added to by other staff. I, I need. That's I crazy. Need the ability is it, is it Google? No. <laughs> not it's, is it just a google sheet is that what it is <laughs> but seriously that was uh, you, you you just that, that no i mean that's like the, you know like easy done like yeah so that was that was what i was was getting ready to do brandon was actually start having a google doc for each client that had a shared uh that I would like a, share a drive that link thing, yeah. into the client profile so that and we would update that way. Right. That's <laughs> that's where I was headed with my brain. Um, unfortunately. Um thankfully we didn't have to go that route. Um, and I don't know if we will end up doing that. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was real uh real interesting. Real interesting. So we have got one more call tomorrow. Um, I don't know how it's going to go, but uh, yeah, yeah, we have a list of ten questions that are kind of like our make or break. And if we get those answers in the first three minutes, then they're answered, and we get off the call. <laughs> Some, sometimes they keep things things like, "Well, let me show you just one other thing." Oh, you're going. Oh, they always do that. Oh, it's the worst. It's the salesmanship. It's awful. <laughs> Uh, and that's the problem they give you the sales director like or or the founder apparently because they're trying to sell you the thing but like one thing here's another here's crazy features um was the um uh they had said that uh oh one person was like oh you can um the, your your staff can see the client information. And I was like, great. And they said, two weeks. And I was like, what? Uh, no. <laughs> and they said, yeah, they can see they can see the client information when you assign them to a client. But once that visit is done, they can only see it for up to two weeks. You can have. It. They, she was very excited about. This. You can have it in that day. And I was like, why? Why would you cut off like, information to somebody? And yeah, like, like you know, we have repeat clients, right? Well, and like, <laughs> and I ask my people to review things all the time, right? Like, I so I said, why? She was like, well, I mean, you wouldn't want them, you know, stealing client information or anything, would you? <laughs> I, was, I I couldn't. I didn't know what to say. I was just flabbergasted. That I mean, number was, one, that's what my lawyer's for. Number two, like. What? Like <laughs> some of these softwares were developed around like 
how do I give the staff just barely enough information for them to do their job and then take it away immediately because I don't trust any of them? Dirty, rotten scoundrels. You're like, whoa, this is not healthy. <laughs> that is a. Uh... Hey, something else. Holy cow. <laughs> so, so the status of, uh, yeah, status of pet sitting software is, uh, ooh, oh, and then at least the 10 one, years out of date. That's what it is. <laughs> well, and then the one we did today, um, seemed to check all the boxes. And here's the other thing is that terms, words have meanings for a reason. And you always have to double check to make sure that you are using the same word. So when I say, Oh, we want our clients to be notified when we get to their to their um their home. Um, what I'm actually trying to communicate is I want them texted with a with a notification that I'm there. Yeah, um, we'll send them an email update. No, they did. They did. They were like, "Oh, well, you can turn on an email notification for when you check in. They'll get an email when you get there." Like, ew, gross. Um, but some of them we would say, "Oh, do you have an app version?" They're like, oh, yeah, we've got an app version. Absolutely, it's an app version. App version. What they actually meant was it's a mobile web browser version. Of oh, no. <laughs> That's not, that doesn't mean that. No. <laughs> and I said, and here's the thing. So they kept on saying, oh, we've got a mobile first app. And I was like, mobile web browser app. And the great thing is, is well, not great thing, but like they can't even receive notifications in the app because it's non-native. Um, at all. It's not, uh, they don't get, so when I send a message, they're going to get an email, and then if they happen to be in the browser app, then they will see my message pop up there. Oh, Lord, it doesn't, oh, no. No, I mean, <laughs> they yeah, have I, to I, check I, the, oh. <laughs> so, I was like, what on earth is happening with this? And then, the one that we talked to today. This, this does sound like a lot of education things, like, wildly out of date concepts like oh but it does this You're like why would who needs that that's like what <laughs> like yeah. somebody needed that like 12 years ago maybe but not now yeah yeah uh. and what one we talked to today sounded like it was going to be really good but most of their features only work if you also hosted your website with them and um, oh, which is uh, and, and no. <laughs> they also still didn't have two way communication. They're like, oh, yeah, you can text your clients perfectly. And so I responded with what happens when my client responds to that text? Because they will. He was like, oh, no, it, nothing happens. They can't. <laughs> I was like, what's the point of the text message? There? <laughs> because, yeah, the word you're looking for is alert. That's what <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Like, you need yeah. And that or like the, that, like they want to send that text that the dentist office sends me. Like, notice that your appointment is blank day at yeah. this time. You like, can that's not a text. All you want in response, nothing happens, right? That, no, they only want me to type C in response to confirm my appointment on this day at this time. Yeah, that is exactly <laughs> the kind of system that that if they say we have text communication, that's what everybody has. It is a is a notification it's like it's an alert via a text message it's not yes. communication this and, is fine for the dentist office my hair place does this right just so i don't although they only like we call and get an appointment 
then they like send you a text immediately afterwards reminding you about your appointment. You're like that. Yeah. Don't send it to me now. Send it to me. <laughs> like the day before. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop it. Exactly. You guys got this wrong. Well, and it, it breaks client behavior. <laughs> like we have spent four years now training clients on tech. Like oh yeah. That, to behave a certain way. To behave yeah, but... a certain way. I am not about to rip that from them because not only is it convenient for me, it's also convenient for them. They don't have to change anything about their lives at all. Oh yeah. They, they yeah you don't text. really want your clients to have to like download a bunch of stuff and do this thing and blah, 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 blah. That, like, that was the other thing of like, do, do my clients have to download your app to make this work? And some of them were like, uh, yeah, they, they need to download the app because right now, um, when I send a booking link, when I send a booking confirmation, it's a text message with a little web link, and it pops up a very light web page in the browser, and they can go click, 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 and book, and done. They don't have to download anything extra. They don't even have to set up a profile if they don't want to. They they book everything. Uh, and so it's very um, light touch. I'll say that. Um, and even then, I think it's still too heavy, <laughs> heavy-handed. Um, because it's like, I kind of almost envisioned this of wanting it to be like a hotel of like, I don't have to set up a client profile to go stay at a hotel. Right. Like, nope. Yeah. Like, sure. I may need some more information, but like you need to be able to just get in and out and not have to set a username and password and gross. Like <laughs> nobody wants to do that. <laughs> I don't want to have a client call me and say, I tried to book, but I can't because I don't remember my password and I'm leaving right now. <laughs> And like, oh like yeah, that's not necessary. Like, but uh, the uh, the app or the one that basically they were like, oh, we've got all this functionality, um, and it integrates with your website. You get all these features if you let us host it. I was immediately turned off by that because, as I told Megan, I said, well, we have ours hosted by a third party who who's who is a specific web hosting platform. Like that's their business. Um. What happens if the comp- this particular company, um, you know, goes out of business, or maybe let's just say they stop making the advancements in their software as we are liking? Now I'm, I'm I'm not only looking for a new software company, I'm also looking for a web hosting company at that time. Yeah, and uh, too many eggs in one basket. Now they pitch it as like, if you do that, if you use a hundred percent of all of their hooks and all of their widgets and all of their integrations i i believe it is probably the best experience over any of the softwares that we have seen and probably will see but you have to let them sink all of their teeth into all of your business yeah and if if they can't figure out that people want to send text messages I don't really know about hosting websites, right? Like, I don't think that maybe they're <laughs> well. So I said they're qualified for this. <laughs> I said, I said so. Okay, so I I kind of played along. I was like, okay, so we we host on Squarespace. Um, it has integrations. For, so does the O Brother Podcast, by the way. It is Squarespace. You are not sponsored to- yet. No, hey, yet. Right. <laughs> exactly. Of What's like, up? we have integrations for email newsletters and e-commerce and all this other stuff that we have access to. You guys have access to that. Well, no, not yet, but it's on the the, the you know product you know, timeline. Like, dude, whatever. legitimately, 
What do you mean not yet? Squarespace has had that stuff like forever. I know. Get, <laughs> get on. What are you doing with your life that you don't have? This, this is this is the problem. When one oh my tries gosh, to everything they're bad at it all because they can't focus. And as I explained, mm-hmm. as I was talking with Megan, of like, does is it weird that we kind of have four to five different things and software packages and web things that we use to run our company? Sure. Would it be a much super, uber duper better experience if it was all in one place? Definitely. But I am not reliant on one person, one company for, for my <coughs> business to run and operate. And I can yeah. rip one thing out. You know, Squarespace doesn't work. Boom. I can export my entire page and I can go, go over to Wix or I can go over to somewhere you know, else. Yeah. Somewhere else. Anyone else without having to also unplug every other aspect of my business. <laughs> you know, it's like, like this, it, I get so worried. I, I, I reject doing the like, oh, I'm doing, uh, having everything involved. And, that's just me, uh, but that's brought up a lot of thinking about reliance on one linchpin for not just you know business, but like for life as well. Of like kind of being able to build and compile and pull things together makes you more resilient when things happen. So glad you had a lot of fun today. All that. <laughs> that's- That's a software. Uh, Aaron, um, have you, have, what kind of um, a software packages have you been um, being demoed for recently? <laughs> oh, yeah, just uh, typical Google Classroom stuff. <clears throat> are, there, are there software packages for coaches? If so, what, what would that entail? And, uh, and like uh, sports No team. idea. <laughs> um, a lot of schools and uh, there's a program called Huddle that you can upload like game film and stuff, watch it, and you know you can break down film. You can do certain kind of things with it. You can um, you know, upload you know opponent's game film. You can send game film to other people. You can mark certain things with the game film, meaning like, oh hey, this is you know top you know, five favorite plays in a row. Boom, 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 and I mean you can get it on the app. Uh, or a tablet or a computer. It's a little wonky on the phone, but that's how I used to watch game film late night was just pull, pull up the app and, and watch it. So, um, but like little things like that. Um, I'm sure there's something else, but that's just what a lot of coaches down here use is, is a program called Huddle. Next. There's also a bunch of like random apps and stuff that you can use to like, they're like third party texting apps, so you don't have to like give your phone number to students or parents. Uh, we have right. So I have two. I have one which is Group Me, and then I have the Remind Me app for football. Hmm. Um, oh yeah, Remind Me. That's the one. I couldn't remember the names of them because we don't. I don't use it, but I know some people do. Yeah. I mean, but it's really nice because then parents can't like call you, right? Because yeah. that no one wants that. No. Um, never never give a parent your phone number. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely just do the, you know, hey, practice at this time. Hey, we're doing this here. Like, hey, you know, it's a way game. Bring your you know, white pants or whatever. And so 
and there's a few other things, a few other systems like the uh, school that I was previously at um, had its own like school app that you could post things on there for kids and parents um, because it kind of made things a little bit easier. So you don't have to have like a whole um, group me thing just for the kids and have one on like just for the parents. So it made, it made things a little bit um, more manageable that way. Um, with with those two, but I have I need to get rid of the the remind me app. I don't really like it as much uh, because I have the app. If I, if I have the app, but then it somehow syncs to where it has text messages sent to me as well. So I get two messages of the same thing. And oh, you can probably just turn that off. Yeah, but I need. I mean, I need to delete it anyway because my other my new school does. Um, use it, ah. but I think I think we use the the group me one at least. So, um, yeah, oh, yeah, not bad. Yeah, again, those are good, especially like, and a lot of coaches use those because they just like send out instead. Of, you know how like Mr. Shannon used to send out like flyers for band stuff, and then we would lose them and dad'd be like, Hey, what time we got to be at school? And you'd be like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like, it's, just, it's just like a, an app where it will just like the parent has to download the app. Right. But then like, blam, they just do it. Like we have one for the elementary that like we, we all get on at the beginning of the year and then parents can message me. Right. They usually don't. Uh, sometimes it's like, hey, Blah's gonna be gone today. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I don't know, whatever. Like, <laughs> like for that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, you can like send out on mass messages and be like, hey, parent teacher conferences this week. Blam, boom, done. And then all the parents get it, and then we don't worry about it. So it's fine. <laughs> so like, at open house, we do. Hey, make sure you have this. Sign up for this thingy. Okay, cool. Bye. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then we give them a little paper. Do this so you can check on your student's progress. And we'll post stuff on here, and you can message me and go. Right. <laughs> Usually, there's like one parent that will message me like very frequently, not like all the time, but like moderately amount, and then the rest of them are like, Meh, whatever. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Aaron, Which I'm fine with, but I was also going to ask Aaron how his uh, uh, your own Aaron kind of have his has his own um, like coffee sock update um, only with oh. sock, uh, but with it involves coffee, uh, and I would like to hear uh, Aaron's uh, progress uh, so far. Are you making more Turkish coffee? coffee? It's a coffee sock. You don't remember? See this? episode. The coffee sock. Oh, I have a coffee sock update, by the way, when this is done. Oh, and a true uh, coffee sock update. Okay. Yeah. I had to uh, retire it. Here, my short update is I had to retire the coffee sock because I've had it for almost two years now and it does not work after that long. Okay. And so <laughs> two years is too have long. To, <laughs> yes. Have to get a replacement. Other than that, okay, there's our coffee sock update. Uh, okay. Coffee sock update is about just under two years. Uh, it, it can't can't handle that much it started getting like really full of like coffee oil and no matter how much i cleaned it or boiled it it wouldn't come out so like 
Oh. It would like overflow and there'd be grounds like everywhere. Oh. The whole thing. So there you go. Oh. Uh, All right, Aaron. Yeah, so it was the um bridal shower this week. Um and we had the whole, you know, put thing on the registry, you know, things like that. And one of the things that that I've like I've always just kind of wanted was an espresso maker, right? So we we put the little list thing out there and like, hey, super cool if we get an espresso maker. And not so many people like did stuff um, for um, bridal shower things. Um, a lot of her family showed up and it was kind of nice. And <clears throat> but one thing that we did get, which I was not necessarily expecting, was an espresso maker. Um, I we drink a lot of coffee down here. Um, we go to a lot of coffee places for coffee purposes and to save them money, but slash not save them money because I think part of coffee. Um, we we got someone got us an espresso maker, so I have been fiddling with that, and we went and got the ground stuff yesterday for it. Um, nothing too fancy because I just you know we wanted to you know make sure that we we did it right, and so all day because I didn't have to go um, down to my new school or anything and and coach today, so I just practically fiddled around with um espresso making today and so it's it's one of those cool fancy fancy things you put the grounds in a little cup and you let it let it heat up let the water go through it and yada 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 and then i just get make myself a little little ice ice coffee and so Aaron is wired uh, i think <laughs> barista uh, Aaron. So thirty-seven cups of espresso later. <laughs> what kind of what kind of espresso maker is it? Good question. Yes, it is. Um, it is a um, de de longi d e l o n d h i. Yeah. Um, it's got a little little scoop. So what you do is that you take, whoops, that's the wrong way here. Um, you put water in the back of it. That's this little like spoon kind of thing where you put coffee into it, you smoosh it down, and you put it into the thing, and you wait for it to heat up and just runs and pour the espresso, and then you just pour it into whatever beverage you want. And uh, I'm definitely gonna be making some in the morning and kind of playing around with how much I put into it, how little I put into it, just kind of get that good taste because there's a, you know, besides Starbucks, there's another little like local coffee place that we go to and it's good. Um, it's not super expensive, surprisingly. A lot of people think it's like super expensive, but like we can get a whole like two cups, you know, two things of coffee plus food and it's like 15 bucks. Or like two things, and if you do the same thing at, you know, one of the larger places, it's like oh, then twenty five dollars. So um, for us, it's not too bad to go and get some. But now we just have our own little, own little coffee thing to make. It's, it's kind of nice just to 
skip in the morning because you know I don't drink black coffee like at all. So um, yeah, just just something a little nice. Sweet. So what do you put it in? You don't just drink it straight espresso. No, so for me, I like lattes. Like uh-huh. a latte. Yeah. Um, so I like I like lattes. Bum, bum. So for me, I do. Um, I got a thing of oat milk, and I, uh, you know, ice a little bit of what is it called? Not I, I wanted vanilla extract, but they didn't have ones that like sounded super good, and so. Um, get vanilla extract so i put little like creamer stuff in it um so creamer then ice and then put the little espresso and then you can take cold like cold foam and put it on top but i'm not that bougie and so you're not making little shapes yet no no no, not like i'm not anything that good (laughs) um but then yeah then just i just pour down there and then boom you got yourself some some ice coffee Nice. You know, fancy. <clears throat> so, Brandon, I, I take it you haven't been looking at softwares or espresso makers. <clears throat> uh, no, I'm not. Okay. Neither one of those things is true. I've just been doing nothing at home. <laughs> it's pretty great. <clears throat> gearing up for the tour on Friday. Ah, off. Getting excited. You know. Listening to Garrett Thomas lie like, oh yeah, we're totally not going to do normal Team Sky things. Like, Shut up, Garrett. Be, Except be in as much as we are going to do to- <laughs> normal uh, Sky Team thing. <clears throat> yeah, it'll be, it'll be fine. So yeah, I haven't been doing anything near that exciting. Uh, other than retiring the coffee sock after many long years of service just was too much. So sad. it couldn't. Yes. Well, it's kind of sad. It was good. I lasted, but it just like went downhill like really quick. Like it just started <clears throat> like not being able to keep up. Like it was too saturated with oil and stuff Ooh. from all the coffee to like let the water percolate through at a speed uh, that was fast enough to like, like water was not dripping out uh, fast enough to get rid of the water that was coming in. You know what I mean? Ooh. So like, so like in the drip coffee, man, you got all the water dripping in the bottom. The drip rate was faster than the exit rate, which is not good. No, right. That's definitely no bueno. Okay. This is not a thing that you want to happen. So, like, in the beginning, this wasn't a problem, right? For a long time, there was no... Whatever. It was fine. Uh, But, like, it just, like, finally gave out. I should say they, because I had two, right? Because they came in a pack of two. But, like... Sure. (laughs) uh, They did. There was two of them. I alternate every day. And then every once in a while, you clean them you boil them in hot water because it boils the oil out right mm-hmm. so you put them in the water and boils and you get this like really weird gross oily water comes out and you do that a few times <clears throat> till it kind of boils clear and then you're good right but 
after a while, like there was no amount of boiling that could get the water out of these things, <laughs> the oil out. And so you had this flow rate discrepancy, which would cause coffee grounds to like float up and then like over top the filter and then get into the little basket from there. And so you would like your pot would have just like ungodly amount of coffee grounds in it. And then like it would backflow into the reservoir oh my and there'd gosh. be like coffee grounds floating in the <gasps> reservoir back there. Cause it would just like spill over the top and just go everywhere. Right. <laughs> it was bad. It was not good. So it would just be like a disaster. Like you try to clean it out and it's just like gritty mess everywhere uh so yeah <laughs> fun yeah it's great so are you are you going to replace them do you have replacements in the mail or are you uh, gonna... not yet we just bought some paper filters for now and then I we'll see it. we'll yeah see where we go from there okay. with this box flow discuss see we did however buy some like random like nicer coffee like online right to put in said coffee pot uh so we've been doing that instead so i have a fancy coffee making machine but we have some slightly fancier coffees instead of the uh folders <laughs> that we drink on a normal for like weekends right yeah so like on saturday brew up some different stuff <laughs> and enjoy it yeah that's been going well Got some good stuff there. I got some stuff from uh, Airship Coffee from Arkansas. Okay. Fayetteville or something like that. Uh, That was really good. So I really like that. It's just like, right. It's like uh, coffee roasters in Arkansas. And you can just buy their stuff. Blam. Oh, that's so I got some. Cool. Yeah, I got some Airship Coffee. And then I got some of the the uh, La Cologne coffee that Todd Carmichael dude from like Pennsylvania or whatever the, like crazy coffee guy uh, I got some of his stuff so that's that stuff's really good too <clears throat> we did that that has been our coffee experience uh, different coffees to put in the thing right so I know it's still drip coffee okay fine I concede but like you know, quality, the, that, that goes a long way. You can elevate your cup by doing a lot uh, with just what goes in, right? If you know, <laughs> then, then you, you really can, it, right? It's amazing. It's, Turns out when the, <laughs> when yeah. the grounds are better quality. <laughs> yeah, and they're like freshly ground. Uh-huh. And like, because like the airship stuff, I don't know. I think La Colombe does this too. They're just like a much, much larger company. Like airship, they like, they have like a roasting schedule and then like, yeah, you get it after they, I mean, they roast like every day, basically <laughs> like Monday but, through Friday, but, but they'll roast it and then bag it in the thing and then ship it to you. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Right. And the luck alum does that too. And their stuff's really good. I like that a lot. That's the dude that we talked about. The dangerous, he had a show called dangerous grounds on like the travel channel. And he was like traveling the world to look for like his deal is like he's like the local like single source coffee guy, right? Oh, he kind of like yeah. started that thing where he's like, "Yo, I'm gonna pay like this dude to buy his coffee only, right? Like from this guy, <laughs> like single origin stuff. Not all the stuff is that way, but some of it is. Sure. And so the show is him like traveling to like remote, like Mexico, 
and like <laughs> or like crazy places in like Africa, Indonesia, like to look for coffee farmers. And it was kind of intense. He would talk about things like, yeah, sometimes it's best to sleep underneath your car instead of inside it, because that way you can escape faster. I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> like, just casually dropping that knowledge. Like, you know exactly how to do that. if done that before. Like, what? <laughs> so, that's been my coffee uh, experience lately. It's pretty good. Oh. Yeah. I have also continued my watching of farming related shows on Amazon. Uh, I took a sidetrack, slight sidestep into their Secrets of the Castle series. Okay. Yo. This series is fantastic. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, like, they filmed it at the Gideon Castle in France. The one that they've been building for like 20 years. Right? You know about this project? No. Okay. This is a project that I have been following sort of intermittently for a very long time, ever since I heard about it. They have been building a 13th century castle in, I think it's Gideon. I'll have to look up how to spell that. It's very French. Yeah. They're just building a castle, a 13th century castle, castle by hand like 13th century people it's like an experimental archaeology project oh oh i used to watch <laughs> used to see these when they'd be like oh like right i i uh love these projects when they'd go this how would we build like a trebuchet or you know or these other devices from these other time periods but they're going all yeah. the way and building an entire they're doing castle. the whole castle okay and so by by extension they have been doing like quarrying and blacksmithing and like they've built a grain mill and like a mill pond and like sort of like the whole thing right so this show is from a few years ago where they're the castle was less far along but like they're talking about like how the walls are built they're talking about like the tiling process they do they're like mining the clay taking it to the tiler. He's making it. He's like purifying the clay, making it into tiles. They're firing it in this like 13th century style kiln. This like massive thing where they fire like thousands of tiles at a time. Like <clears throat> it's crazy. The, uh, the wicked. It's so good. <laughs> the Wikipedia page has time series photos of the build over time. Um, it's so cool. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, you and if you are even slightly like nerdily into like medieval European history, maybe like I might be. Maybe. Like it's so cool. Right? And they just talk about this stuff and you're like, "Oh, I didn't think about that." And they're like like the lady that Ruth lady, she's like a <clears throat> she talks about like the food. They talk about like what they would eat and like she like prepares it and they they show the little like hovel thing that people would have lived in with the brushes on the floor and they build the little hearth inside and they cook on the thing and they fire and they cook in the cook pot and all this stuff like she like went to the potter and they like made the cooking pots and like the plates and stuff that you use at the house you know and like 
No way. Yeah, it's and they go through like all this stuff. <clears throat> and like they talk to the blacksmith dude a lot and like this dude is like on fire, just like literally just like smashing out like all this crazy stuff, like hinges and nails and everything. <clears throat> it's really cool. <laughs> And so is that a um what's the plan for after it's done? Is it- it's like a museum, like a living museum. Oh. Like I think. I don't really know cuz it's not done yet, <laughs> but okay. like they are so far like you can go there and tour it on certain days, okay. right? Um okay. For the well, low, low for price the of tour. We're hitting yeah, the- for the low low price of 14 euros. Oh, you can go, yeah right come on let's go let's go uh you can go tour it and like kind of they show you around and i think you can like you might be able to you some of the things you can like help do stuff like not like big stuff right like but like kind of like they have like you know how like colonial williamsburg is kind of set up where people are like making food and like making clothing and it's kind of like that for like colonial era virginia I think it's kind of like that, but for like 13th century France. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's kind of like, kind of like that, kind of like a, what Lincoln land or whatever in Illinois, you know how they had all the stuff and you could like, they had all the cabins and everything. Oh, that'd be, uh, it's just kind of like a museum. There's like people there kind of like showing how you live and stuff, but like, it's like that, but 13th century. Which is I'm, rad. I am fascinated by this. Uh, Dude, it's so good. There's only like six episodes, which is not enough episodes. Oh, enough um, building? Yeah, no. There needs to be way more. The, they were talking about like painting and decorating, which I was like, like I knew this, but like didn't register that like the inside of a castle wouldn't just be like rock. Sure. You know? Like I know this because I've read it, but like whenever you see this castle and they have like plastered and limed the walls and then like painted stuff on it for like decoration, like here you're decorating, you're like, yo, that looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, not something that you would anticipate because yeah, you don't see that. Uh, I guess well, that's what they talk about. They they talk about like most castles you see are ruins of a castle. Turns out. And so, like, there's more going on here than, like... <laughs> yeah. They don't... Not all like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool to see, like, the roofs on the little buildings and all this stuff like that. And, like, it's really cool. The show is really great. You should, like, watch it. It's, like, they're all hour episodes, but they, like, fly by, like, really fast. Like, poop done. Okay. And you see all the, the cool castle building stuff. What is it called and what is it on? Uh, I saw it on Amazon Prime, but like I think it's on. I find it on YouTube. It's called Secrets of the Castle, and it's the Gideon Castle project in France, uh, which is really cool. Their website is really cool. You can kind of like look at some stuff, and there's lots of cool stuff online about it. But yeah, like those interior pictures on the website, right? That was the stuff they were showing on the episode I was doing. They were doing that on the episode I watched today. <clears throat> so there's like there's like leaves and like vines and like stuff on the walls for like decoration in some of the rooms, like the bedchamber rooms. Uh, 
they were showing that on the episode I watched today, which is really cool. Okay. And they were talking about how you like get the ochre and like make the pigments and create the paint and like do all this stuff. Like they were showing all the steps that you had to go through to do this. It was really cool. And like, again, I knew this, but like seeing them do it really like registered it in my brain. They're like, oh yeah, ochre is in, in clay, right? Uh-huh. And when the potter is digging up the clay, they're just like, oh, here's some ochre, blam. And they throw it to the side and then they go give it to the pigment lady and she's all crushing it up and grinding it up and like heating it to make it slightly different colors of yellowy brown, right? To red. Yeah, it's part <laughs> that of the they bi- can. Yeah, the and they can. Really yeah. And then they're going and painting the inside of this castle. It, it's rad, dude. I guess. Okay. <laughs> I only have one episode left. I'm very sad. Like, no, I want to watch more of this castle thing. <laughs> Added to the list right now. <laughs> it's good, man. It's real good. <clears throat> so that's what I've been doing. It's watching that. Like, I don't know. I think it made me think about like <clears throat> how I think, uh, being a history nerd ruins some other things for me, right? Because, like, when I see that and I'm, like, super excited about it and how cool it looks, right? And then I watch, like, A Wheel of Time and I see the interior design and I'm like, yeah, it doesn't doesn't really look as cool as, like, real castles. (laughs) It looks, like, wrong, right? You, like, you know how wrong it looks because you're a nerd and you, like, into the stuff and so it like ruins other things for you a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes you can suspend this to disbelief, but like <clears throat> it's it's a contributing factor sometimes. But yeah, it's really cool. So that's what I've been doing. Being a history nerd. Being history yes. nerd. It's good. That's the part of, of history that is, is harder to tap into. Right? There's the there's the boring part of history in my of the on this date this happened. Right, that's the boring. Yeah, I don't like that stuff either. That's okay. Um, nobody like, but the how did it happen? What were societal developments like? How were things produced? What did what was the you know comings and goings of the people in this area like all all that part is the actual exciting bits and but that's the hard stuff that's the hard stuff that put together and then to convey that in in a way that is uh consumable by other people right like you can't just go out and just build all the kind of castle types in the world yeah no right right <laughs> or like like no one's going to go back up and go you know what we need to we in order to capture the imagination of the world we're going to re rebuild um the great pyramid uh right next to right like nobody's doing that either. like it's <laughs> true but yeah like it's just that stuff that you like take for granted you can, like see it i don't know i think i guess one of the things i've read about a lot you know but then when you see it happening, it's like, whoa, that's really cool. <laughs> this is really interesting. <clears throat> so 
I've been nerding out over that. Thinking about that. And then, the, yeah, talking about, they did talk about, like, siege weapons. Like, they had an episode where they, like, showed the process of making a crossbow. And, like, how you would have to, like, there's kind of interesting thing about you have, like, five or six different pieces that come from five or six different, like, specialty people, like the bowyer, the carpenter, the blacksmith, the string maker guy, right? Like, and then somebody's job is to just sort of, like, put it together, <laughs> right? Like, it was a very, it was a kind of a reminder of, like, things, like, came from specialty places and then we're all put together in someplace else, right? Like, it's kind of interesting to see that process, how it happens and like all that stuff. And like, even the simple stuff like, Hey, we need to make a new rope for our well. <laughs> right. Like even that process is cool. Like intrinsically, I know how to make a rope, right? Like I understand how it works, but like watching people make a rope is very interesting to me. <laughs> Well, and, <laughs> like seeing how it actually works. Yeah. And it, I, when I see things like that, there are, there are times now where I look at the kind of the, the society that we live in and I go, man, there are some people who have some really weird kind of esoteric jobs, right? Or roles in society. And then I think back to how that's always been the case <laughs> of like, yeah, right. Like really niche jobs. <laughs> Niche jobs of like, oh, I don't actually make the rope, but I go and I gear, I gather the hemp, uh, or I, you know, like just the chain of things that go into making the final product, and how somebody is involved all along the way, <laughs> making a living, or, you know, working their craft uh, to make that final thing, and then you go, okay, well, we're not so different these days. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the other thing that's really interesting about it. Like, it's like. <clears throat> really sort of grounding your perception of history right yeah. i think that's important right? because we have a lot of like misconceptions about the past that people just sort of like take as fact or like half truths and you hear people just sort of like say random things and you're going what no, what are you talking about? <laughs> because they uh, they don't have the full concept, right? They haven't. They don't have like the full picture, right? And it's hard to have the full picture of uh, seven hundred years ago, right? It turns out, you know, it turns out like we don't like they were talking about like a lot of this stuff is experimental, and they're kind of look at some surviving things, and they kind of have to like imagine the gaps and try to figure it out, and even with like one of the episodes they were talking about like cooking right and she was like talking about like oh yeah there's a you know we don't really know what normal people would have eaten we know they had access to these foods yeah so i made this uh like, <laughs> yeah and so it was like you know she was like talking about this stuff and she's like we know that they had a lot of these ingredients and you probably just put it in you know if you're living in a small house with a little hearth fire and you only have like, you're going to put as much as you can in like a pot and cook it all together. And so she made basically 13th century, uh, pork and beans is what it looked like. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Hey, look at there. (laughs) Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> it's not so different after all. I eat that sometimes. Well, like, and food, and food is so incredibly hard too because it is a mixture of what people have access to, what tools they have, what the history they have, what culture is pouring into them and influencing them, and the exposure to different varieties and yeah. Tastes. And then back in those days, like nobody was writing down recipes, right? Right. Yeah. It was just like handed down or like you just learn how to make it for somebody and then boom, that was it. And so like trying to reconstruct what it was is like really weird, <laughs> you know, cause you have some records, but only of like big feast days, you know, or like sometimes they would like somebody would paint, but they would only paint like a feast at like the King's banquet. That's what I was just about to point out is that the records you do have are a wee bit skewed. They're very biased. Right. <laughs> so you can't be like, Oh yes, everybody in 13th century was eating this. Like, look at how, look at how, <laughs> well, the King ate that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Like these were around, but like who was eating it? Right. Right. Because you have to remember feudal society is different and <laughs> the <laughs> rules are different. Right. <clears throat> Which is like, so it really makes this, uh, this is a thing that gets misconstrued a lot and it kind of drives me crazy every time I hear it. Right. Uh, not to change topics too wildly, but like you hear these people talking about like, oh, well, we have to eat this because this is what our ancestors ate. And that's all they say. Uh-huh. And you're like, that? When? Which ancestors are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, oh, we've I, I we've know had... if, if you ever get on TikTok, if you have a TikTok or on YouTube, I would highly recommend looking up a guy called Liver King. Dude, Liver that dude is insane. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's exactly who I'm giving out about right now. Nice. Yeah, name call. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I wasn't going to drop. Colin, I need you to Google the Liver King right now. Oh, no. What's weird here is that I, too, have experienced Liver King in my, like, 11 milliseconds on on TikTok. Like, he was one of the first ones that popped up, and I was like, why are you here? This is one example of this phenomenon. Maybe the most extreme example. But, like, yeah, he's like, our ancestors ate raw meat. I'm like, no, no, they didn't. Like, no, like I don't. <laughs> what I love about these people, and he's he's particularly interesting because he's like, I'm going to suck bone marrow. I'm going to eat like everybody, and then I'm going to go run through a pond with the you know like 300 pounds of chain wrapped around my neck because that's what my ancestors what wait wait a minute um they, no they didn't do that or <laughs> or like he's basically just a crossfit dude who doesn't like to cook. he is and right I, like not to like <laughs> slander but like okay most extreme example you think about current hunter gatherer tribes right africa amazon like Indonesian rainforest, like Borneo, right? Current current humans that are alive right now that subsist on hunter-gatherer lifestyle. Zero percent of them are that muscular. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, stop banging the roids, my guy. Like, 
you look like the ultimate warrior in the 80s. All right, stop it. <laughs> Telling me, well, be bone marrow. Get out of here. Well, <laughs> what I think it is, is, is the realization of uh, um, hunter-gatherer societies have, have a lot of other things to do, like, I don't know, hunt and gather. And well, and all these other jobs we were just talking about with the castle thing, they're making baskets, right? Like they're not making they're not rope, like doing around, <laughs> pounding down raw egg and then going out and lifting a truck. It's like that's not a job they have. <laughs> yeah, <is> unrealistic. <laughs> and I think this is a misrepresentation of like what people and society is, right? Because yeah. like, first of all, <clears throat> sticking with him, like. I don't know what ancestors you're talking about because evidence of cooking fires is a very, 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 very old thing. (laughs) Okay. Like we have evidence of cooking fires from like ancient people, like prehistoric people. We know they were cooking on fires in dwellings. We know this. Okay. Don't come at me and tell me you have to eat raw meat and no vegetables. Okay. Do you know what was in Otzi, my boy Otzi, the Iceman's stomach when they found him on that glacier in Italy or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Meat and grain. Okay. So (laughs) if bronze age dude is eating processed grain, his bread and meat together, you cannot tell me. To never eat any grains or vegetables. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, people were very opportunistic. Um, I mean, omnivores from a very long, right, for a reason, like teeth check. Like, I, don't know, I, I was going to say, yeah. If we think biologically, look at your mouth. What kind of teeth do you have? There you go. Done. <laughs> But also, I think we're really misrepresenting what hunter-gatherer society was, right? If you think about this, <clears throat> like, were these cultures practicing modern Western farming? Like, we think about it. Like, the, far- the type of farming that originated in, like, Mesopotamia. Right. With the agricultural revolution, like we're all cultures doing large scale monocrop farming. No, but were they most likely seeing where plants naturally occurred and then helping those plants to grow more in that area so they knew where food was? Yeah. Yes. Right. Most likely, this is a a thing that happened, right? Cultivating what occurs naturally in the environment, not stripping away, clear cutting a forest and planting corn. Okay. Like seeing, like, hey, I can eat this plant. I'm going to make sure that more of this plant grows here (laughs) so that I can come back and eat it later. This is probably what's happening, right? Like plant husbandry more than very farming right yeah and so like i think to say like oh they didn't farm therefore 
they didn't eat plant is very detrimental and like very misrepresenting a group of people that had a much more sophisticated method of survival than we know about and give them credit for. Right. And I think you lose a lot of the story of humanity. If you just like say things like, Oh yeah, they just like randomly pick berries and, and kill the mammoth. Like what? No. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They're, they're losing again that, um, the context within which that individual was existing and the, the why that diet was the way it was. Again, these weren't people who were living in an extremely modern society where they could go and do, you know, they weren't eating this way to shoot a TikTok to then go out and, you know, be a public speaker. They were, there's a lot wrapped up into <laughs> this. <laughs> this this mode and the technologies that they had available to them and the constraints that were on their lives and um, how they functioned and what their roles were like it it really is a very uh, myopic and narrow view of what was happening in the past yeah like a really nuanced thing right and like <clears throat> if you want to eat beef liver I don't care doesn't hurt me whatever but like you can't tell me that that's the best way because your quote ancestors did it right right like that that doesn't make sense <laughs> like you're it's so vague like <laughs> as a person who is uh a history enthusiast like i'm not going to say like historian but like a history enthusiast right like i need to know like wh which ancestor you're talking about right like even if you're talking about our 13th century castle building buddies right they're not they're not eating raw meat right these people are cooking food they're <clears throat> number one cooking like preserves food i don't know if you know that but food preservation is like an important thing <laughs> so that you know you have more later <clears throat> uh so like food preservation long-term survival you can't just like kill a thing and eat a whole like if you are hunting if you hunt a deer aaron if you hunt a deer can you eat that whole entire deer before it goes bad without cooking it negative yes right <laughs> How big is a deer, Aaron? I don't hunt. I need expert opinion. Oh, uh, the, I mean, like average size. Oh, typically, like you know, a, a doe can be anywhere like ninety, like a hundred pounds. A buck can be, you know, maybe one hundred twenty. Depends. I don't know. Yeah, it's been a while since I just shot one. <laughs> Thank you for rubbing it in. Right, hey, you know how long it's been since I shot one? Is like, never. Well, the one I got last year was like maybe like a hundred pounds. I'm said a hundred bucks. But yeah, so it's I mean, you know, depending on where you are, some of them are pretty skinny, some of them are pretty thick. Um, deer, you know, I know that's kind of one thing that people talk about is that like depending on like where you're hunting and like what you're hunting, you know, a, a deer in Texas is going to be different than like a deer in like Colorado. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because you got like scrubland and stuff down there. Yeah, so I mean, it just kind of depends, but you know, <clears throat> maybe 100 pounds, 120, depending. Okay. You actually shoot one? Well, I mean, yeah. Listen, Go on. Yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't do it, so I don't know. Um, 
but like what I'm like that's a lot of food, right? If you're killing something that like <clears throat> I'm assuming we're talking field dressed weight, like after you get rid of the intestines and stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, so <clears throat> add you know, some more pounds to that. But like that's a lot of meat to have, right? And so if you're gonna keep that, you you generally are gonna cook it in some way. Smoking, curing, something. Right. So that you preserve it. And so you have it and ration it and eat it with, you know, other things <laughs> to make it go longer. That's why they did this. So I think like, yeah, you're losing a lot of nuance about people. It's like saying like, to take it back to the medieval things, like when people say things like, oh, medieval armor was so heavy that knights couldn't stand up if they fell down. Like, what? That doesn't even make sense. Why would they wear it if that's how bad it was? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're you're missing some narrative here. Yeah, you're losing context. We don't understand what you're talking about. Again, first of all, when are you talking about medieval thing? Is it's a very long time, right? To be real, like eleven hundred to like you know sixteen hundred is a long time. <laughs> Well, yeah, and like you said, of, of going, these people weren't, um, they weren't not thinking about these issues. And they were dumb. They were You know dumb. what I mean? Like, like, obviously, if there was an issue of them, uh, you know, falling down and not being able to stand back up, they would be trying to solve that. <coughs> um, uh, <laughs> they would, yeah. They'd be working on that to come up with different alternatives. They weren't just like, well, I guess that's how it is anyway. Yeah, because the uh, point of having armor is to, you know, not die so like <laughs> pretty big flaw would be to not be able to move but again this is uh something you know they heard it and then they just like repeat it you know what i mean you saw one example of like 15th century tournament armor which is heavier than normal armor right yeah, because it's only for jousting tournaments. Only, it's like specially designed sports armor. So it's like it is more reinforced because you know what you don't want to do in jousting, die. Be, um, be <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know, you have your, you've lost the context, you've lost the thread, and then you just have like a fact that you're clicking to that you just have and you don't have the context for the rest of it and it really just sort of like cheapens everything makes it less cool like you're not giving credit to these people that were like doing these really incredible things uh doing cool stuff making sweet castles out of just random sandstone you know like (laughs) yeah cooking their food you know you know little things like that (laughs) Because, you know, also parasites are a thing and cooking your food helps to make them not be a thing. Uh, <laughs> important. <laughs> yeah, it's, again, but this is where those things of going, being being a history nerd is important because you can look at these, you can contextualize them, <clears throat> you can place them in their proper order and place in history and and actually learn something legitimate from them. Versus them just being 
like a freak show to kind of pass by and run away from in horror, right? It's, it's going, no, there's actually useful stuff here is actually a good reminder of the mirror with which history is to reflect upon our current day. Um, and, and be better, be different. And again, do something with that versus just, this is the one thing and blah. I don't know. I, I, just like more well-rounded approaches. I guess. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, <laughs> but yeah. And to see, like you can see the thread, right? Like even in the castle show, you can start to see the thread of like, aha, like there's a part where they're doing a thing and the guy is making a, a pulley, <clears throat> right? He's making a pulley for the well. That's what they're doing. Like the very first episode. Spoilers. He's making he's making a pulley for a well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but he's like he's talking about it, he's talking about the wood, and then he like throws it up on this thing and it's like a thirteenth century lathe. Right? Yeah. And you're it's like super rudimentary. You know? It's like uh the thing I can't remember what the thing is called when you stick it to the thing that you're going to lathe, but like, you know, you, the spindle thing, uh, stick it on there, wrap a rope around it, put it on like a springy thing and kind of like start treadling it with your foot and making it move. And then he's tooling it down into the shape of a pulley, you know? And this is like super early, machine that we still have <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> lathing is still a thing <laughs> right like <clears throat> yeah you go into any machine shop they're gonna have one wood shops a lot of them have them you know like this is a thing that still exists and it still works fundamentally the same you just don't like power it with your foot you know what i mean like <laughs> it's it's a the thread is there and so being able to kind of see this progression and like see like you said the mirror of the past and like you can see where things come from and how things have improved and you can think about how to make them even better how to move forward all the stuff like nobody looked at a lathe in 13th century France and were like yes this is the pinnacle of all lathes never shall we (laughs) How yeah. shall we improve upon it? We're going to do it like this forever. <laughs> like, no, I don't think, I don't think they did that. They didn't. They did how this works. They didn't look at that. Uh, in the first couple of episodes, they spend a lot of time in the, uh, um, <clears throat> like the crane thing it's like a big giant hamster wheel that people walk in to pull the rope up the castle to load bricks to the top of the walls oh sure right yeah uh you know that's what they did they have this bit it's really cool looking i really kind of want to do that but like (laughs) (laughs) uh nobody looked at that and went yes this can never get better right yeah this is exactly we're gonna keep it this way forever because that's how our ancestors did it. No. Yeah. Like, you know. And, and really, too often, we do 
look back at history and we go, mm, how quaint. That's all they had. Like we don't think of they were trying. They were actually innovating. They were going through uh, an iterative process in these things. Um, I think that's be- usually because we we don't again don't do that context. And we only can see and understand where we currently are in our day and age. And when we look back on them, we go, "Oh well, obviously we're so much better than them because look at everything that we have and they didn't." And those <laughs> poor suckers. Yeah, how dare they not have electricity? <laughs> I know, like, like, oh, man, what were they doing wrong? <laughs> like, now wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not very fair. <laughs> I don't do think, but maybe that's mostly because we don't, or most people don't even think about where we currently are in our in our day and age. Right? We don't we don't give a lot of retrospective or even, um, I'll say, introspective time to modern society or modern innovation beyond the fact that, that we have them and we enjoy them. And so because we aren't looking at our current status with a critical eye, um, not so much from the societal and cultural things, because I think that's where a lot of people focus, but just like the tools, things, the stuff, the reasoning behind well, they, why they, we do things. They right. do focus on the societal and cultural things, but like oftentimes it's the wrong thing. It's like, oh, so and so at the Grammys wore this, and like that. Mm. That's not helpful. But like, <laughs> it's just like the unhelpful cultural things. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Although fashion is important culturally, but you know, yeah, how other, dare, how other stuff. You? Other things too. <laughs> right. Well, and the tendency to look at things as like just the snapshot only. Right? Like, ah, uh, just this one minute moment and not any other context surrounding it whatsoever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, aha, like this computer. Right, like not necessarily thinking about the three-inch floppy disk that came before, or you know, the other stuff like that. When you pick up your phone, you're not thinking about the switchboard operator from yesteryear that had to like physically plug you in to a different person <laughs> when you called them, right? Like, and seeing this progression of how it moved from that to this thing that we have now, like mm. seeing that person, it needs just a slightly bit more than just one snapshot, right? Maybe like a series of snapshots laid in order, right? <laughs> because like there is a theme of progress, right? But you can't just look at like one piece and say, ah, that's it. We should never move past this one thing ever. Like, no. come on. It's like, <laughs> it's not helpful right like gonna, like oh yeah it's time to farm let me get my oxen oh boy that's just what I need no come on it's like <laughs> well I mean, why, yeah why, why bother nobody nobody yeah just, uh, I just love my oxen so cool 
And that's why those shows I think I'm enjoying watching them is because you can like see the thread and you can see like when you in the Victorian farm one, <clears throat> when you're watching them plow the field with like the horse or the oxen or whatever, you can see where it's going. Right. Yeah. You can see you can look at that and then you can look at like a modern day tractor and you can see that there are very many similar things. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But there's also some extremely major differences like, you know, tractor and satellite navigation. You're not just like looking at a horse being like left a bit. Rah! Like you're plotting an exact line for your corn, you know, <clears throat> you know, like fighting a weird ox because it's going too far to the right like it's not (laughs) it's gonna mess up where your corn goes so darn 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 corn it's true Uh, I'm enjoying this this is what I've been doing my time off is being a history nerd so I highly recommend Secret to the Castle give it a watch it's good stuff I think I think this is morphing into a challenge of uh, you've kind of I mean I don't know you're you're basically already watching all of these kind of things. I mean, well, I I mean I don't have anything to do for July. I have to watch cycling and history shows and play uh, Forza racing games. Um, I have to do that. So you know, so I'm thinking I think we may need to consider. Uh, what it about like watching one of these shows and maybe some takeaways or things like that. I don't know. Like I, I think that'd be fun to do. Okay. Let me know which one. Well, uh, uh, the next one I'm gonna watch is the Tudor Monastery Farm. That's next. I'm gonna move yeah. roughly chronologically I through time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well that'd be fun. Uh we'll we'll discuss more offline. Uh, okay. And, and do something with that. I think that'd be good. <laughs> okay. Wonderful. Well, lots of things to watch and learn from. Uh, Aaron, uh, trying to unwind from your espresso mania. It's and, true. Uh, I look, look forward to you running the coffee bar at your wedding. Uh, yes. That would be important. It will be exciting. <laughs> and uh, uh, this soon. All right. Love you guys. <laughs> Love you too. Bye. Bye.